in the ongoing effort to avoid commercials on our show, we bring you a commercial from us. My subby and I have created a boutique adult toy store on my website. We have handpicked items that are low cost and show up on your doorstep with all of your other Amazon packages. Make sure though that you open them, not your kids. Go to kristenkellogg.com or find the link in the notes of this episode. We will get a percentage of the sales from the items exclusively on my storefront. You get some special items to enhance your FLR and we all win without a stupid ass commercial. This podcast is intended for mature audiences only. If you're not 18 years of age or older, there are thousands of other podcasts you can listen to and you can come back and visit us when you are 18. This podcast is meant solely for entertainment. We are not licensed doctors, lawyers, or therapists. We simply have a fascination with the lifestyle and I'd love to share it with you and get your thoughts and opinions. Hey everyone, join me on my journey from living a 100% vanilla life to tiptoeing into a whole new world I never knew existed. Exploring a life that puts a whole new spin on sex and its meaning to me. From chastity devices and cup holding to my experiences and the lifestyle, I have met some amazing people and had some crazy experiences and learned a lot about myself along the way. Welcome to Christine's FLR Podcast. Welcome back. Episode 22. We are continuing the conversation that I had with Dr. B. So kick back and enjoy the rest of the interview. Back on the topic of edging, because this is how I roll. What would you say are just tips for the best way? Say somebody is brand new to edging and should they start out by themselves? Should they start with their partner? Or if they're starting with their partner, what are some good tips for being successful in an edging session? I think initially, which is true for everything, there was an old adage in screenwriting because I lived in Los Angeles. So I had a lot of patients that were in the movie business and they would always say, give the character and the audience what they want, but not the way they want it. <laughs> Start out by not touching them genitally. Mm. And by doing that, touching them in other places, especially erogenous zones, you're tuning up their nervous system. Mm-hmm. So I would say start start by doing that and start by the lightest touch possible, even if it's just feathers or silk or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. your hair. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think I, I mentioned it to you on a phone conversation, tension, physical tension enhances stimulation. Mm-hmm. So women will often pull up on their, above their clitoris to create tension in it. And that enhances that sensation. And that's basically a simulation of uh, intercourse because as the guy is on top of you and he's moving up and down, most women like not, not the in and out so much, but the up and down, you know, women want to grind against it. Mm -hmm. And that's when a woman's on top, She's mostly interested in grinding rather than jumping up and down on on a hard cock. Right. 
um, because she's looking to stimulate that G spot as well. So for guys, while she's doing that, she's pulling down on the penis. So he's got a downward tension, if you will. Yep. So you could do some of that. And there's another thing uh, by using just your ring finger and your thumb and going up and down on it, you're kind of creating a nerve wave as you're going up and down. And that's also very much indicative of what it's like to feel inside a woman as she's excited, she closes down around him because there's an open space inside the vagina closer to the cervix. And that's so you're feeling that first couple of inches is where the, the tightness of a vagina is and then it opens up. So you're feeling yourself going in and out of that tighter space. And so if you're using your fingers as you're going up and down like that, especially if you got a, like a little bit of a, a tension on it. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you can enhance that by putting your hand on his body and kind of pulling apart mm. a little bit. So you're creating a tension that way. Almost like you're pulling in opposite directions, right? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're creating. Because what's happening is, is then it's, it's um, stimulating what's known as the dorsal nerve on the penis, which is like a mainstream to your brain. Um, another thing is for you to cup his testicles in your hand so that it's kind of like you're grabbing them like that. And so that if you were to open your hand up, mm-hmm. you could see his testicles there. Mm-hmm. And so while you're pulling down on that and you're pulling up on the penis in the opposite direction, that tension is um, can really put somebody over the edge. So pulling the balls one way and pulling the penis the opposite direction. Got it. Yeah. The thing to for, for women to, to be mindful of is that really most all the sensation is in the head or the glands of the penis and the foreskin, which is the underside just behind the head of the penis. Mm-hmm. The shaft has a little bit of sensation, but not really that much. So if you really want to get them off, start with the shaft and don't work to the head and then slightly start working up to the head and then make sure your hand goes over the head, up and down over the head. Mm. Um, and some women will like spin their head and hands around and whatnot because then you're you're mixing up the sensation of left side and right side because the two parts of your nervous system. And then starting and stopping too. There's a phenomenon called sensory gating that happens with people. A couple of simple examples. I mentioned one with you. When you first put on a wedding ring or a ring or some piece of jewelry, you're like constantly aware of it on your finger, or your hand or whatever, on your wrist. And then a couple of days later, it just kind of miraculously disappears from your sensory. Mm-hmm. That's called sensory gating. On an auditory level, it's like if there's music playing in the background continuously or there's an air conditioner running and there's a drone, all of a sudden it turns off and it gets quiet. Then you notice that it's all of a sudden quiet because your mind has incorporated that background. Mm-hmm. So if you mix things up, then you're constantly changing things. They're sensory input. They don't know what's coming. So I'll, if, I'm, if I'm playing in, as a dominant, got somebody blindfolded and tied up or whatever, I'll mix up sensations so they don't know what's coming from where and that. Um, you as a massage therapist were trained to make connection with the body of the, the client and don't disconnect. Right. You can't take your hands off. Yep. Yeah. Because you're creating an awareness and you're keeping that connection. Mm-hmm. If you take your hand away and you come back someplace else, you're going to freak them out because all of a sudden it's a new sensation. Right. So you take advantage of that. Yep. Um, in play. You know, it's the opposite of being a good massage therapist. But. <laughs> so do everything they told me not to do in massage school. That's what I exactly. do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because it's all about sensory awareness. Yep. Well, the other thing too is, you know, if they're if you know, um, per, uh, perineum 
the space between the genitals and the anus is really sensitive. Mm-hmm. Scrotum is really sensitive. I can use slang if you want, but you know, being a doc, I always use the <laughs> proper terms. And then anal stimulation, and that even if you just like lubricate your finger a little bit and just stroke the outside of it, mm-hmm. and, you know, and make them anticipate penetration. You know, again, getting back to storytelling, which I borrow a lot from. The two great mechanisms of storytelling are surprise and suspense. Mm -hmm. So use them in play. If you're anticipating something, delay it. That makes sense. That makes total sense. Their mind is constantly on it. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I that I, I mentioned to you about is engage your submissive in dialogue. Talk to them. Make them talk to you. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is sensory is all right brain and verbal is all left brain. And so if you engage both sides of the mind at the same time, you're fully engaging them. You're making them think about what you want. You can, again, use anticipation and delayed gratification by saying, okay, now I'm going to do this and then wait a little bit and go, you know, and it's like, okay, she set it up. She's going to do this. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm ready. I'm okay. And that, and you know, and you're keeping them in suspense or, you know, the other way is, you know, do the surprise part. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, if you engage them almost like interrogation, you like that, don't you? And that and make them talk and uh, it becomes more exciting. Cause I think I mentioned to you, even pornos will do it. Mm-hmm. They don't make silent pornos. Yeah. You know, they say, oh yeah, fuck me, baby. Fuck me, fuck me hard, da, 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 whatever. Yep. Because they're, they're adding another layer. They're getting the left brain involved in it as well as the right brain. I think that's an area too where I don't struggle as much with it now, but I used to like, I would struggle with what to say. Like I was fantastic at dirty talk when I was drunk because it would just come out. Like I didn't give a shit what I said. I'd just right. say it. And my husband would talk for weeks about that. If I was drunk one night and got into it or whatever, he'd be like, that was the fucking hottest thing ever. And I get so much in my own brain. Like, I don't know how to get out of my own head to really dirty talk. Like everybody can dirty talk. It's not hard, but I struggled with it for a long time. And now just because I know what he likes, I'm able, I know what to say. And the things are in my head anyway, but you know, in the beginning, it was so hard. Like I would have to have a few drinks and then it would just flow. But yeah, it doesn't have to come out fast. A lot of people get hung up in the verbal part because they want it to come out as a, as a quick patter. Think it, then say it mm-hmm. and play the space, you know, make them sit in some silence for a bit and then come out and rapid fire them with something or other. What I tell people initially, the old adage, fake it till you make it. So, you know, you can say anything Mm -hmm. and people have always said that to me too. You know, I don't, I don't know what to say. Just narrate what you're doing then. Mm -hmm. Like I've got this leather strap in my hand now, Hmm. you know, and just, just go from one thing to the next and that your ass looks really great red. I think I'm going to. Uh, you really, you Give could it a nice crimson color. Yeah, you Sorry? could just kind of say what you're doing and how you're going about it and things like that. That'd be. I didn't even think about that. That'd be fucking hot. Yeah, right. And that's easy because you're just narrating what you're mm-hmm. what you're thinking about too. Most submissives want to know what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. It's like I said, it's all between your ears, not your legs. It's like, what do you think? How does it work for you? How are you doing with it? You know, so you could say, you know. I really love you on all fours with your legs spread. Mm-hmm. You know, 
just describe um, what you're seeing. I had, I had one dominant woman say, I love to peg men because I love to see their cocks flap. Mm. <laughs> I like it too. I'm with her. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, um, but there's power in words mm-hmm. and, you know, use them. And, uh, as a matter of fact, when I taught dominance, I started with verbal. I said, put all the toys away, mm-hmm. verbally dominate your submissive, you know, sit in a room, make them do what you want them to do, make them say or think whatever you want them to say or think and just verbally dominate them. And then I would go back into the history of real life dominance. Mm-hmm. You know, you were dominated by a male and a female. They were called your parents. Yep. All they ever did was talk to you and tell you what they wanted from you and how it was going to be. and What's what not? Mm-hmm. Teacher in a classroom, you know, they sit in front of you and they say, "Okay, class, this is this is how it goes down. These are the rules, and whatever." And um, there's you know there's cues all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I love uh, I, I I sometimes mention Caesar Milan, uh, the the dog whisperer, mm. and that and what he says is, "I don't train dogs, I train owners." True story. Yeah. 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 So, so what would be your suggestion? Cause I know a lot of people that I correspond with as well will say, you know, they struggle and I've struggled with this in the past too. I feel guilty about dominating my husband after he's had a long day of work and then he comes home and I make him do more or, you know, like the nurturing mom side of me sometimes mm-hmm. interferes with me being the dominant in our relationship. You have to take, yeah, you have, you have to take a step back and think about the fact that he's asking you to do this. Mm-hmm. This is his arousal factor. And so to not do it would be to direct, to deny him his arousal. You know, quite often as people get farther and farther into a one-on-one relationship, the dominant starts to love the person so much that they can't do anything to them. Mm-hmm. And they become completely incapacitated in their dominance. And then the subs left going, how do I get this going again? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so you have to be mindful of the fact that it's that the children's story, Br'er Br'er Rabbit in the Briar Patch. Oh no, don't throw me into the Briar Patch. Yeah. That's exactly where he wants to go. Yep. That's his safe space. It's kind of like you have to change your perspective of it. You because society has you believing that this is mean. This isn't how you treat your significant other, but in reality, you're you're giving your significant other exactly what they're wanting from you. You, They're wanting you to dominate them, and and that's what they need. That that's interesting. Right, and then it goes back to my adage: give them what they want, but not the way they want it. Yep. That way, it's always fresh. You know. You'll, you'll constantly be attacking whatever it is that they want to get to, but you'll walk around it and hit other things and, and make them do other things or whatever and that so that they're getting that satisfaction out of some activity, but not the same way every time. And, and maybe they won't get it this time. Maybe they'll get it next time or, or whatever the case may be. You're playing them, mm-hmm. you know, you um, be- and that's the psychological part. Yeah. You know, cause Look, if your mind, if the per- submissive mind is not in it, then it's just aerobics. Yep. It's just exercise. You know, it's like, okay, now I'm going to tie you up. Okay, now we're going to do this. Now I'm going to flog you and all that. And then I mentioned to you, that's, that's pretty much the difference between a dominant and submissive and a top and a bottom. Mm-hmm. 
top and a bottom, they're all about sensation play. Yep. You know, I'm going to flog the shit out of you. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to cane you until you bleed. And that, yeah, yeah. And, you know, whip me, beat me, make me write bag checks, mm-hmm. you know? So that's their thing. And, you know, all the power to them, but it kind of ends up being a, a, a dead end road ultimately for me, from my perspective, yeah. dominance and submission, you could do, you can do over the phone. You can do it by text. You can do it by email. I've dominated people in other countries wow, um, without ever seeing them mm-hmm. because of the verbal part. You know, you can G somebody up to such a degree that, that they have a hard time functioning during the day because they're so distracted and so aroused. That's amazing. The you power know? of words. So digging back into your Dom days, what, mm-hmm. looking back, do you have like, did you have any go-to punishments? I know you had different submissive and submissives and things, but was there like, say three or four punishments that were like your go-to punishments that you enjoyed? Well, I mean, again, my, I didn't have, cause I would, I would have submissive say, okay, what are you going to do to me? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, I don't know. I don't know anything about you. Right. You know? And so let me get to know you and then I'll, I'll, I'll find what I call your buttons and I'll push them. Mm-hmm. So I have certain fun activities. Mm-hmm. I love restraint. Mm-hmm. I love uh, different ways of, of restraining somebody. And I can show you very quickly how to do it that you can probably pass on to your, to your listeners and that, because there's a way of very quickly tying somebody up mm-hmm. and then all the stuff about, you know, what's the right kind of rope and all that kind of stuff. Right. But did I have go-to things? Okay. There's, I mean, for women, women have very high nipple sensitivity mm-hmm. for arousal. You know, mm-hmm. you have much tougher nipples than we do. Cause I've also pierced for eons. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I learned to pierce in 87. So women would always get their nipples pierced, both of them. Men could basically do one and would <laughs> never get any farther. And that, and they were usually on the floor too, but women have a higher pain threshold than men do too. True story. <laughs> so I have, there's these nipple clamps that are not the, the pinchy kind that are like springs, but they're screw clamps. And again, to tell you how to buy stuff, what they really are, are laboratory tube clamps. Oh. So, and you can regulate the amount of pinch by turning the screw. Right. I would turn it a little bit and and they would wince and then they would get used to it. And then I would come back and turn it a little more and then they would get used to it. And I'd turn it a little more mm-hmm. until like, you know, you got to a point where they really couldn't handle it anymore. Well, the real pain is when you take them off. Oh, well, the blood flows back in. The blood flows back in again. Yeah. And then you kind of tweak their nipples and then it enhances it that much again. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. Um, and, that, and then one of the things that I, that I love to do that, that I had was in my last house, I had a 30-foot ceiling, so I, I hung a winch up on it. I could send you a picture. Yeah. I had a number of professional dominatrixes come to me because they were looking for balance, which is something we can talk about at another time, too. Mm-hmm. And I would hang them upside down and flog them that way. And oh, it's very disorienting. I bet. To be upside down. I bet. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you don't know it's coming. Yeah. It's all of a sudden you hear, you know, winch, 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 click, 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 click. And you're going by your, by your ankles. Fuck, it'd be like being so, on a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. The clicking yeah. of you going up the hill. Uh-huh. That's yep. fantastic. Yeah. Before you go down the other side. Yeah. 
And then I would, you know, my fun stuff was I would build different types of BDSM furniture and whatnot, mm-hmm. try that out. And then the other thing that, that a lot of people are really freaked out about that I love is electro play. Oh, I want to learn. I can, I can show you this. Yeah, I'm fat. We'll have to get together about that because that is something that I have been intrigued by. But I'm so scared that I'm going to do something that seriously hurts my husband. <laughs> like, yeah. not yeah. in the there, good way. Just, there's just, yeah, there's just, yeah. The, the only the only rule is you never go across the tress because you're going across the heart. Right. Other than that, it's free open territory. I mean, I, my first instinct is to go for the penis and balls, but that's just where my first instinct is for most yeah, things. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there specifically for that. Yeah. Too. That might be a topic. Oh, you, you mentioned at one point in time in one of your, one of your programs that, uh, um, you, you didn't like the chastity device that penetrated the urethra. Oh yes. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I just, so here's why, <laughs> let me give my reasoning a little bit for that. So mm-hmm. when I had my first kid, I had to have a catheter because my labor was like days, whole yeah. complications, lost a whole bunch of blood. Either way, they had to cath me. And I don't know if they did something wrong, if they pulled it out too fast, but I will never forget the excruciating pain of them pulling that catheter out. And I don't know that I have ever peed the same since. So me not wanting that, and I don't know that he does either, but it's because I like have PTSD. It's like a trauma. I don't want nothing near my pee hole or his, but I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, well, and that device, those devices only have like maybe a two or three inch long tube to it. The male urethra is over 12 inches long. Uh, so you'll never, ever get to the part where you're risking like infection. If you wipe it down first with like uh, iodine, podone iodine, mm-hmm. you're essentially sterilizing it. Urine, unless somebody has an infection already, mm-hmm. is sterile. So it's just going to constantly wash it and sterilize it every time they urinate. And it's, it's not penetrating enough. The, the only thing is you need to be sure that um, the chassis device that you're using is really holding the penis well so that there's no, because the end of it's, you, those tubes are usually rounded quite a bit mm-hmm. as well, but you don't want it to like uh, abraze or tear the inside of the urethra. It'll heal, but then you're potentially opening up for a little more possibility of infection. But there's, there's really nothing wrong with them in that respect. So what you're telling me is, because I I think I made a comment, I don't know if I made it on the podcast or to you, <laughs> about you just peeing because the hole is, when you have something up the hole, I was like, well, doesn't pee drip out? Which you so kindly no, informed yeah, me. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, first of all, it's a tube that, that they're, they're part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, you're going to pee through that tube and probably around it as well. Yeah, and then I don't know if you know it, but there's a lot of there's a lot of play sounding, which is metal rods into the penis, mm-hmm. um, and catheterization and mm-hmm. all of that. You know, again, it's another form of penetration. I mean, I'm not saying it's off the table, but it makes me cringe, and I feel like if I'm cringing thinking about it, <laughs> probably not going to be an experiment that we have just yet. But well, but yeah, but if you get over your in the old term in in um, in my early BDSM world, we would call it the squick factor. You know, if you get past your squick factor, mm-hmm. but still he has his, use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, know? I know that that man will do anything that I want. I mean, like if I said, hey, I want to take a shit on your chest, he'd be like, I'm not really into it, but I mean, I'll give it a try for you. 
But right. I mean, I know he would literally do anything that I asked, but yeah, I have to get over my own. Ugh. Nope. Right. <laughs> right. You know, the other thing too is initial fear factor. You only have once. You're only a virgin to that once. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pick, pick your time and use it well. Yeah. I was, if you do go there, I was terrified to do pegging. He was totally, I was so, I had all the thoughts in my head, like he was going to poop on me or, you know, I had all these fears and it it was interesting because the very first time we did it, as soon as I put the strap on, on, I was like, yep, let's do it. I'm ready. I mean, I, it, it all goes right out the window, which I assume is similar when you are in the moment with doing any type of play. Once you're really in the moment, I mean, you're there and you're cautious, but you're anxiety maybe goes away a little bit. I guess I don't mind it with pegging for sure. I cannot think of anything else that I was going to ask you. Is there anything else that you want to address or put out there? No, I I think that the bottom line for the safety factor is if it's turning, starting to turn blue, stop doing it. Mm -hmm. Other than that, have fun, experiment, be creative. That is actually part two of three. We had a great discussion. And for anyone that's interested in hearing the conclusion of that interview, it is posted on my Patreon. It is going to be a Patreon exclusive. My Patreon has early releases of the podcast, both video and audio, if you're interested. And it will have bonus content like the last part of this interview. So if you're interested, go check it out. You can get all of that for $5 a month. There are other tiers if you're interested in any type of consulting or having a phone conversation with me, any of that. So check out my Patreon. Everything will be listed below. I hope everybody has a fantastic week. Be a good human being. Be kind. Take care of yourself. And we will chat soon. Love you all. Mwah. Thank you so much for listening today. I genuinely appreciate your time. If you happen to have any questions, all of my contact information is in the show notes of this and every episode. Don't hesitate to reach out. Also, in the show notes, there is a link to my Patreon, where your support is incredibly appreciated. Patrons have access to advanced and extra content from this and other podcasts that we produce, FLR consulting via messages and video, and input on the production of each podcast. There is also a link to my OnlyFans page. My fans on that platform have access to almost daily posts of photos and videos of me and me torturing my subby, full and sample erotic audios, and other posts. OnlyFans is now the safe place where you can order custom erotic audios, videos, and photos. Mention that you heard it on this podcast for a 10% discount. Most importantly, though, if you have the option to rate and review my podcast on the platform you listen to it on, please do. Good ratings and reviews help boost my podcast in the charts so that more and more people are able to hear what I have to say about the lifestyle. Until next week. Be good to yourself and each other.